0: Welcome
1: to Lift Your Legs. This is Monique Anstey from the Naughty Dog in Victoria, B.C.
2: Jill Brown from Calgary, Alberta.
0: Matt Twitty with Start to Finish Training in Cherokee, Alabama. So podcast number two. Number two. Today we're going to be discussing everybody's favorite topic, the overused bird in dog training, stress. So um, let's kick this off, Monique
1: what i have to start of course you have to start (laughs) (laughs) you wrote the outline (laughs) um so i have a question what has changed that we now have so many stressed out dogs that we didn't used to see 10 years ago 20 years ago
0: i have some theories but i would like to hear jill's take first
2: um, I think recently, like within the last couple of years, the biggest thing was COVID. Um, COVID puppies and um, AKC and CKC changing the venues of obedience trials so that dogs aren't exposed to any kind of stress. They now have a, or at that point, they had a ring set up where all you had was the dog in the ring, the judge, and a steward. So they weren't getting the exposure to the stress in the beginning of their life because of COVID. You couldn't really go anywhere. Um, And then they didn't get exposed to it once they hit a ring situation.
0: Now, it's interesting that you brought up COVID because like in the States where I'm at, COVID was vastly different than it was for you guys in Canada. True, true. So, So, you know, like for us, things, well, you know, I was in Florida, so Florida being... A total different political deal um, didn't close down as much as other states did. So, like, we still had herding trials and and things that were outside and stuff like that. Um, you know, COVID. COVID's a really good a good point because we hear that a lot. Like, I'm sure as dog trainers, you guys heard COVID puppies were a problem, and you know, blah blah blah. I actually um, thought
1: they were much improved, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought that. I kind of felt that way too. Just because, and hear me out, I only felt that way because I honestly think we may do way too much.
1: <laughs> me too. So the COVID puppies I saw were way improved because everyone didn't get to ruin them before they got them to me. So they didn't get to overwhelm them by going into 28 stores and 28 playgroups in a pet store. All of that was kind of shut down. So they never just had that chance to wreck them. But now I'm seeing, right now in my business, I'm seeing more dangerous dogs than I've ever seen before, and they are kind of of that
2: age range. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think you're so, right.
2: Like, the fact that they weren't able to do all of the, the crazy over-socialization um, certainly helped to a degree, but I think people dropped the ball after that and didn't didn't or weren't able to do the
0: stuff that they should be doing well there there was so many many people that were either afraid of covid and and even after like mandates and things kind of were were lifted or things rules were put in place still went like uh, above and beyond being afraid of it or you had the other people weren't afraid of it at all and so like those two groups are not going to mesh well um and so like you definitely had different people coming from different different walks um you know so like covid was one thing what are some other things jill that you thought you thought that about you know ring stress or even just stress in like pet dogs you see like i've ran into a rash of dogs that when they come to me for boarding like they immediately get loose vowels. like immediately like it's it's a very weird, what loose bowels like they just oh okay open, like stress stress diarrhea is something that i see a lot and it's not even from training like they're just in a different location um yeah their their mental fortitude just isn't there
2: i think um not directly but i think dogs i don't think this has to do with that directly but dogs haven't been allowed to learn to deal with stress the big thing now is don't stress your puppies don't stress Like people are so protective about their dogs, which yes, as a young puppy, you should be, but now they're to the point where they won't, a lot of people are to the point where they won't allow their dogs to experience and deal with stress. So when they're put in that situation, they have no idea what to do with it.
0: It's one of the greatest things about Monique's building bravery is to watch dogs have to deal with it. Like Monique, um, you know, I've been to, to a couple, I, and I've been to your class, and I've been to a couple of seminars now. I hosted one, and then I, I was with you, in Illinois, and um, at Canine uh, Junction. Our friends, Tealyn, Rob. Hi, just shout out. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, truly, you know, the the reality is, is that you watch people and how they handle those the, those situations, and and to be honest, I was one of those people. Like when you told me to throw Gurley's dumbbell into that that balloon tent, I'm like, you're out of your mind
1: jill did the same same same. yeah i did exactly the same with sizzle
0: yeah yeah never gonna do that and then to watch my dog go in there and start popping down below like it was it was incredible it did the polar opposite of what i actually thought was going to happen um you know like that, like I told you, I tell people all the time, like, it's the most terrifying thing and the most exciting thing you're ever going to witness. <laughs> like, it's, it's completely crazy. Um,
1: Stop but, being such a baby. It's not terrifying.
0: It, it but, is terrifying. You
2: know, like, it's, it's terrifying
0: for it, it the it owner. Yeah, for real. Type A for cool. people, it, it's a little terrifying. Um, but like at the same time, it was so refreshing for me. It was like that moment that when we were all in group and talking about, you know, you're like, girly desperately wants to bite you. And you're out of your mind. I'm a dog trainer, you know? Like, no dog is ever going to bite me. And then, you know, <laughs> I start making like a heroin out of me. The dogs like biting the crap out of me all the time. And I'm like, my dog has attitude. You know, it's like, it's like, a total. So, you know, I... I can I, can I interject now and tell you that I don't believe in ring stress? I'd like Exclaim to explain why. why. Yeah. Okay, so what I really feel is that we never taught the dog to deal with stress. I we agree. Never, so we, we never taught the dog. So we can teach behavior without teaching emotion or without teaching confidence. So you can teach beautiful go-outs and have a dog will not do a go-out. That's not complaining. That's not that's not the technique that you use to teach go-outs. It's that you didn't build the dog's mental fortitude. So, like for me, I want a dog to fail every ounce of every part of a behavior chain. And I want to show them how to be right and what the consequences are for not being right at that stage and move it on that way. And I what I tend to find is a dog that says, you know what, I can handle that. I can handle but Matthew,
1: that. this is just because you're mean.
0: But but truly, like I feel like the more that I just explained to the dog, the easier this gets.
1: I agree. However, where Jill trains, like the people that she's training with. They do all of that. They're top-notch trainers. So if she's seeing ring stress in people that she knows, those dogs will have been experienced to all of this in classes.
2: Oh, but let, but let me clarify. The majority of the dogs that I train with, I don't see that in the ring.
1: All right, then. I you see lost it. your point.
2: Yeah, I see it in other people. <laughs> no, I see it in other dogs, but I do believe ring stress is out there.
0: Well, I think people forget that you can use food. The food is a stress reliever. And like a, Or you can use a toy, and a toy is a stress reliever. But those things, you have to put whatever consequence is going to be there. You're going to have to put it, layer it, while you've got the food. I see so many people not putting a correction to something, and yet they're taking food away. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're asking I'm, I'm gonna, to start the dog
1: out. I would do it differently, Matthew. So with me, like... Pet dogs, competition dogs, they get taught it. They get rewarded for it. It's games. It's fun. But there comes a point where I'm going to add stress to the game. So in pet dog class, like I take their leash, make the people run away. So I'm now standing behind the dog. And from the other end of the room, they have to tell the dog down. You'd be shocked at how many dogs cannot think in that moment and actually execute something that they know just because I'm standing behind them. Oh, So – Dogs just wanna... aren't taught to think through stress in any way. So, in puppy class, me, I'm teaching it through the box, the tarp, just adding different stimuli. But there comes a point in every single command that your dog needs to learn in the proofing stage to actually have a component of stress and still do as you're asking.
0: Yeah. So, like, I feel like once you have that, the, it when, and when i talk about a correction so i use shaping I use extinction shaping as a correction so like um they keep changing the words on me but like ex- <laughs> extinction i'm like shaping, what the hell is that <laughs> me too shaping where you're not helping the dog at all so like like in healing if my dog's forging i'm going to do a freeze and stand still and wait for the dog to think through what how do i how do i get to go forward again how do i get to get a reward i want the dog Jill would to just Jill would just reward the dog. <laughs> Jill would just reward. Say,
2: what do you do when your dog just goes further forward?
0: <laughs> no, but like, truly, I would, I would freeze, and I would wait for the dog to come back in heel position. I would reward. I'd take off, oh, you're so brilliant, and then, you know, move on. Um, that little bit of stress in the, what the, the the purely positive group actually had going for them, in my opinion, was extinction, allowed that little bit of stress to creep in and made the think through it. So like, I loved that part of it. So I would use that as a correction, especially on a weaker dog. Like if you're talking about a dog that's weaker and softer, like girly, like that worked brilliantly for a dog like her. And like, the mo- there would be days where I would freeze and she wouldn't know what to do. And she would offer me all kinds of behaviors, but I wouldn't do anything else to help her. I'm like, no, I'm not helping you. Figure this out. It's a correction because you were wrong. And just figure it out. And once she did it, like it empowered her so much that I was able to start getting things out of her that you know I was not previously able to get out of her.
2: I love to and see then, when when you do something like that and you actually see the dog's emotion explode, like they're so proud of themselves when they yeah. when they figure that out.
0: Like I think my favorite part of training is watching a dog flop around in stress and figure it out. Like that's, where, yeah, yep. that's where confidence and, and all that stuff comes in. And, and I adore that, like that that's, is the adrenaline rush.
1: It's how you build them. And I'm gonna go to my little board and train right now, my little wasp, um, that's exactly her. So when people go past that, I'm asking her to check in with me. So she literally just has to come to me, touch me in some form while the person goes past. And she argued, she didn't want to, and then she worked it out. And the next person that went past, she was doing circles and sneering at me. It was the sweetest thing ever. <laughs> so I agree with you. I totally agree. They need that little bit of stress and the, the ability that we don't steal all their thunder from their problem solving. We have to actually let them solve their problems yep. and then tell them how clever they are. And I think most people steal their thunder.
0: Or they help them. And so then the dog starts to become have like learned helplessness. Like the dog says, you know, help me, please, help me, please. It's like, yeah. And people don't read dogs. So like when I say I don't believe in ring stress, one of the like I had a student that um had a, a utility dog, a brilliant field dog. Um, I loved the dog completely. He was awesome. But I we have well, to tell us who it is. Um, no, I'm not I'm not going to tell <laughs> who they may not want me to tell. <laughs> but like we found out that this dog could not do signals if, if the stand happened on a left turn. And then as we're watching this, like she could do signals if she did right turn stand your dog or about turn stand your dog. But if she did left turn stand your dog, the dog could not do the signal because spatial pressure was happening on the left turn. Yeah. And so then I'm watching and as I'm watching, we're setting the dog up to the left and we're getting a head drop. We're getting a yawn. We're getting, you know this avoidance behavior we're talking to them at the setup which is a whole nother topic like stop talking to your dog is on the setup but like i we made two minor changes one we rewarded left turn stand your dog a lot more and and two we started setting the dog up to the right and the change in the the stress of the dog in the ring almost went to zero like it was back to the a normal dog And it's like so many people aren't reading the dog at the beginning of an exercise, they call that ring stress because they're putting spatial pressure on the dog. It's like every, like if you watch the NUC or if you watch any of those big tournaments, you can see it happening all the time. Like it's not-
1: I agree with you, Um, but here's my next question. You're saying ring stress pretty much is just a lack of training, lack of understanding, a lack of reading, they're not fully prepared. But the- would you not agree that with your novice A dog, you don't know what you have until you step into the ring with them the first time?
0: I, th- I feel that way with any dog. With like, any novice dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, like I don't know what, I don't know where my holes are and that's why it's called a trial and not a, you know. I don't suit. think
1: it's holes. I think put a dog a little bit under pressure when I'm getting up at 5 a.m. and showering and then having a long drive <laughs> to wherever I'm going already I'm acting different so then I get there and I'm a little bit weird and even though I've trained all of these parts it's still not quite exactly as trained so they know and then it's not until you actually do it that you find out if a dog's gonna stress up or stress down
0: yeah and and I'll be honest with you that the stressing up or stressing down is definitely something that I can agree with because like girly went would go down um ray yeah. s her work so like like the end of her exercises are wild. Like I had to figure, I'm like, oh dear God, there's gonna be 14 times more dog here at the end than there are, when we started, Like the work just escalates her. Um, I wish I could say that was me, it's really kind of just her. Uh, I think it's
1: the dogs, every dog is different and you don't know what you have until you actually step, a, step in a trial and
0: compete. Yeah, you've got to compete, uh, you know, I, I, I'm- Jill? I-
2: I was going I to say I had someone point out to me with one of my dogs um, how I was increasing her stress. This comes from Sandy, if you're listening. Thanks. Um, I love but I would go into the ring, set up my dog, and if she wasn't right, I would make her fix it. Yes. So right from the get-go, I'm you telling my dog she's wrong. Right. And she's starting, off, she's starting off the exercise at a negative.
0: Well, and don't you think that we also have like negative? We can create negative commands like heel, pop. Like there's nothing that's going to be fun about that. So, like, like you say heel, and you give a correction one too many times, and you, then you go into the ring and and you say heel, and that might be in the forefront of that dog's mind. Yeah, like where's the pop coming? Like, right. No offense.
1: With... Okay. No offense, but which of us train that way?
0: None of us do. But well, I but thank
1: you.
2: A very long
0: time. But keep in mind, like back in the day. And and even to this day, like I will still see some of that. Like I'll see as, you know, as I travel around, I'm going to see some of that. And I'm like, you've got a negative command here. Like you yeah. need to make your command positive because that is going to look like ring, what you would consider ring stress. Really what it is, is it's the the backlash of a negative command. Yep.
1: Okay, we're moving on to our next one. <laughs> Matthew, you said silence is golden.
0: Silence is golden, Yes. People talk way too much, <laughs> um, like so you. I, I, I guilty, of- <laughs> shady. Um, so like, I, I'm very guilty of that. Like I'm, I'm guilty. I had to learn this lesson the hard way. Um, when I had my, my incredible little brandy, like she was a wind up toy. She could have cared less if I was talking, not talking, helping, not helping. Like brandy just wanted to do anything that I wanted her to do. When I got girly, girlie's like, oh, no, buddy, you got to learn this. Like, you're going to learn all of my lessons and you're going to learn them hard because I'm never giving this to you. And so, like, the more I talked, the worse she got. Like, the worse she got, the stressier she got. So, like, for me, I want my dog to know that rewards happen when things are quiet. Not offering me behaviors when things are quiet reinforcement happens when I'm quiet. So like, like I do like marker training, but there comes a point where even the marker becomes help. Like the markers get like the word wrong. So if I tell the dog wrong, which means try something else. Um, if I give you a signal and you don't take it and I yell wrong and you take the signal I just gave you, I've, it's become help. So like, I've got to back off that. And so then I've got to decide, okay, at this point, what's going to happen if you, you do this wrong? I'm going to probably apply some spatial pressure. When you do it, I'll back the spatial pressure off. Um, I'm going to go that route first um, before anything else because I feel like dogs respond to spatial pressure much better than they do us giving a bunch of negatives. So that's going to be the first thing I am going to do is I'm going to cut the talking, like stop talking.
2: So you're saying with Gurley, the more you talked, the stressier she got?
0: Yeah, like she'd get to where she would pace. Um, If I was like, he, if I kept repeating...
2: I, th- I think with a lot of people it's it's the opposite like as long as you're talking to your dog they're up and happy and working with you it's the minute that you go silent that the dog goes flat or starts to worry that they've done something wrong Well, and in, I'm compet- that- in competition
1: obedience I agree Jill in the pet dog world it's the opposite like right. when stuff's about to go downhill people start chatting away like it's okay you can do it And if they just shut their mouths and were silent, they would do so much better. People need to learn to play poker. Yes. They're terrible poker players with their dogs. And And this
0: is my biggest complaint about rally. Like, it's my big complaint. Like, I like, I love that people are doing stuff with their dogs. Everybody's like, you don't like rally. That's not true. I don't (laughs) like what it does to competition obedience, which I'm a competition obedience trainer. Like, that's what I do. So, like, I don't, all that talking, when it's silence, now we have what everybody thinks is ring stress. But it, it's not. It's that you've never taught your dog that reinforcement happens when you're quiet. Yep. I
2: agree. And starting agree. out in rally, pe- I mean, a lot of people think that rally is the way to start to get your dog used to being in the ring. I think that's I a huge detriment to the dogs because they go in and you talk the whole time. All of a sudden and you walk home. in.
0: Pardon me. Like run- Real rally, like if you did it like obedience, there's a lot of crap to do. Like there's a lot of stuff. The hardest part
1: okay. is reading the signs. You're digressing. Yourself. You guys are digressing. Stay on topic.
0: Stress. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Uh-huh. All right, Jilly, you said that over socializing is one of your things that you see. Over socializing the puppies.
2: Uh, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> I have to think now. Um...
1: All right, I'll let you off the hook. I am gonna add to that, that I do believe when you bring your puppy home for that very first week, puppies need to be left home. I see so many people proud that they took them to 58 places in the first week, leave them home. They've had enough, with leaving their mom, their, pup, their siblings,
2: yeah. leave them the hell home. And that's probably where I was getting at. Like people are wanting to do all of these, go to the dog park, worst place you can take a puppy. I mean, I, there's a meme that says they only call it a dog park because disease-infested fight club doesn't roll off your tongue. <laughs> like, that's it's so true. So people are throwing their puppies into all of these situations where they think it's helping with their socializing, and it's, it, it, it's just backfiring on them.
1: I think for me in my business, over-socializing is almost a bigger problem than under-socializing now. I see all these puppies coming into class that are so stressed out because they've just been overwhelmed. They are now at the point of dreading getting in the car. They vomit when they're in the car. And it's all because they don't know where where their poor things are going to land up next to what they're going to have to deal with.
2: I remember somebody once said to me, I I had taken a dog from the SPCA at about six months of age, and he had zero socializing. And I thought this was the worst thing in the world. And a friend of mine said... it's not actually a bad thing because you're he hasn't had any negatives yes you're starting with a clean slate he just hasn't had any experiences i agree
1: i totally agree
2: yeah over socializing is the worst it's
1: a bigger problem than under socializing for me as a trainer yep matthew agreed
0: i you know i i really think that you know, there's a lot of things that would be great. Like, I think that it'd be great if you spend a lot more time just training your dog on basic stuff, that would be great. If you're going to add more, but in competition, we see dogs that all they want to do is socialize with other dogs. Like oh, the sure. human there, you know, um, and, and just to give her a little bit of credit because she was, she's a brilliant trainer in her own right, but Betsy's, who's her. Me, okay. Now, Betsy, Betsy told me she's, you will never be as fun as another dog. And she's yeah, absolutely do. right. So, absolutely. So, like, you see, need I don't to have be... that, I don't
2: have that experience with my dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, keep those other dogs away from me.
0: Well, and, you know, most of our bitch border collies are like, ew, yuck. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, when, like, Rascal loved other dogs. And for the first six months of his life, I didn't let him socialize with other dogs because I wanted him to bond with me. And, and I feel like until I can see a puppy check me, like, are you checking in with me? If you're checking in with me, then I might let you play with another dog. But if you're not, if you're not already checking in with me and you're not, I'm, I can't talk and you stop and look, you're probably not ready for the responsibility of playing with another animal that that could tick you off and get in a fight or, you know, there's just like there's a lot of training before you get to play with another dog that needs to happen
1: i agree i totally agree once you let them play with other dogs you know you're going to lose control so make sure you have that control in advance and that you are important to your puppy before you bring that in otherwise you just teach them you're irrelevant and all you become is a cab drive
2: to the dog park yep agreed
1: all right our next one we were going to talk about was one of mine and it was not knowing clear boundaries And I see that as a huge problem for me. Not pulling on a leash is, well, pulling on a leash is forbidden. It's, I don't expect them to stay in heel position. My dogs are allowed to meander left and right and cut me off and whatever. Sniff. I don't care. The only thing they're not allowed to do is pull on a leash. And it's a very clear boundary. But by teaching that clear boundary, I teach them how to deal with that. They think about that. So that's one of my big things, and I see that.
2: You guys, I, I read somewhere that you had said hmm. that. No, that that was a really effective tool for reactive dogs because if they have been taught they can't have a tight leash, they exactly. can never hit the end of their leash to go after another dog.
1: There are a very few herding breeds through the years that will learn to circle.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: And never pull on the leash. Of course. But as I say that, I'm talking like five out of the thousands of dogs of other breeds. If they learn just not to pull on
2: leash, you'd stop dog reactivity. Yeah. I fail miserably in that. My dog, cannot walk on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you alone with that. You have Golden.
1: No German Shepherds for you,
0: Matthew. Well, uh, I- well you know, like I, I remember when, uh, and I'm going to take us back on a little story. You know, like. It- teaching i think through stories is the best. Um Jill and I <laughs> we were working on her sizzle dog when i was in victoria and i said hey you want to come down to the building and, and work your dog and i was trying to like pressure her into doing articles every day. And she, she didn't have
2: them. What? She still can't do articles. Uh
0: you know i you know that's your fault. <laughs> it is. Um so um i i was like Jill she was telling me you know the Sizzle would be kind of weird about things, and and um, I suggested a prong collar, and um she looked at me like I had four heads, and I was <laughs> like, and I was like, no, Jill. But, but preface
2: this by I'm I'm not against prong collars.
0: No, but you this were particular yes. dog. I was like, oh my god, really? Right, because she was she was. Uh, I'm trying to say this nicely without putting your dog down because I love oh, the dog. Oh,
2: don't. I mean, I but, love her too, but I know who she is. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Like she, she had some fear issues and she was stressy about things. And I suggested the prong, and and I do this a lot. And people look at me like I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I was like, she needs to self correct herself for pulling on the on the leash. I said so that she can deal with life. Like she wants to bolt, let let the let Herm Springer deal with that. You know, yeah. if she wants to bolt, or bolt um, but you just stand still. And when she turns around and says, um, I didn't like that. You can say, yeah, that's that's not the exact thing I want you to do. Come over here with me and let's be let's be, you know, chaps. Well, she was like it it, it was really a big turning point for Sizzle. I remember us having this conversation about it because, because that was hard for her. And it was hard for you. There's a lot of people struggling with that same that same struggle. And the dogs are stressy and they're like, Oh, she's too stressed to have a correction. Yeah. Um, maybe too stressed to have a correction for you, but maybe not a life correction.
2: She couldn't even walk regularly on a leash because she was always in a rush to get away. Any, I, I didn't even know where, anywhere. She just wanted, she was just in a rush. Well, no,
1: Sizzle just needed to cover ground is what I'm going to say for that one.
0: Yeah, it's like flight. Well, you're it you're was probably
2: right. But the prong color went on and all of a sudden she was like, okay, I think somebody else has control of this. It's <laughs> yeah. not fun when I hit the end of the leash. And she started really enjoying her walks. It was, yeah, it was a huge difference for her.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we have to remember that fear is always kind of correctable because, like, it's the responses to fear are going to be fight, flight, freeze. There's another one that people say, but I've never seen that one. So, fight, flight, freeze. All of those oh. are wrong. What's? I, I don't remember. I don't remember oh. what the other. Ones. Okay. Because they, I never see it so I'm like no no there's only three they're like oh there's four I, I, I've never seen the fourth one um but like the the three fight flight freeze are all wrong like that's a wrong choice like you've you you can't do those things so it's like it's like it, that's why you know a, a tool like a pinch works really well for those kind of dogs because it it takes me out of it it, it lets them get, be self-corrected and realize I need to think about something besides my fear.
1: I'm going to add us? to this. Um, with a dog like Sizzle, who doesn't have the clearest thinking in the world, she never knew what worst-case scenario was. and She was always building up in her head as to what worst-case scenario would be. And then suddenly, Matthew and I taught her what worst-case scenario would be, and she was like, oh, that's it.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. That's the important piece of training, Sizzle.
2: Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember her um, group walk where you tried to get her hands yes. up herself? <laughs> you can explain that if you want to.
1: No, but <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Sizzle just needed to know what worst case scenario was, and I think that's the case with so many dogs because they've never been told no, they've never had. Anything remotely aversive of any kind because they've been protected and bubble wrap from the world. And because of that, they're like, they just dread what could happen to them. And when you show them, worst case scenario, they're like, oh, I can deal with that.
0: And then they're okay.
1: Then they can move on.
0: Monique, don't you think that that's just, you learn that from training a lot of dogs? Yes. Like, Like, and
1: trust me, like trying to get Jill to do this the first time took a lot of wine and a couple of arguments (laughs) (laughs) before she did it. But then, but then she's like, oh, okay, that was easy.
2: Okay, now, and
1: Sizzle, I'm now Sizzle's favorite person, I'd like to add, minus (laughs) Jill, of course.
2: You, you are, (laughs) but we also have to add to that that in increasing her confidence she now believes she can be bitchier than she was before. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Whenever
1: you increase bravery, you must also increase control or you yeah. just create a monster. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah she's and a
2: little bit
0: drive is a little bit of asshole. Like, like I'm, everybody's like, oh, I want all this drive. And it's like, eh, be careful. Like, be careful. Because with all that drive, when you make all that drive confident, sometimes they get a little bit crazy. They're like, oh, you know what? Take you on because I am confident. No, no, settle down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can. She's like, I can take on the world now. Well, no, really, you can't take on.
0: Don't you like stress? Is one of those crazy things. Like, it it is the label put to almost every problem. Oh, my dog is stressy. You know, when somebody knocks on the door, somebody is. My dog is stressy in the ring. My dog is stressed at the vet. Like. It's, it's like, what does that mean? Like, it what means a behavior? lot of
1: medicated dogs.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Nobody can pinpoint the behavior. They're just like, I don't like what my dog's doing here, or I don't like the way my dog looks here. Um, do, remember when, do you remember that book, um, Calming Signals? Yeah. It was a great book. Like, the book was brilliant. But it's like, the minute people read that, like, they took it to an extreme. It's like, look, every yawn is not stress. Every yawn... I-
1: i have taken that book a very different way so i think that when people walk in an arc towards a dog showing a calming signal they're actually showing weakness i think they're much better off walking in a straight line
0: i i actually only got to the yawning part of that book <laughs>
2: I, I, well you're ahead of me i was gonna say i guess i need to read that book yes you do you Jill. Would-
0: like, we we really need to go past yawning, you know. Like we we need to get past that. But like um, so like with uh, again, you know, just because we're talking and we're talking about stress, one of the dogs that I had worked with a lady brought to me, and the dog, she's like, "Can you tell me what's wrong with?" The- I'm gonna let you guess what's wrong with his performance. I'm like, oh, "God, please, no tests." Um, <laughs> so, so the dog comes in, and he's really cute. He's really cute. Um, he he. Sets up for his stuff, really attentive. The lady walks away, and in the walk away, I guess he yawned. Um, she turns around. He does a fast front, a, a sharp finish, and she's like, "Did you see it?" And I'm like, "See what?" And she's like, "That yawn." I'm like, "Oh dear God, stop, stop picking." Maybe, said, maybe, he's tired. He I'm like, nobody cares that he yawned. He doesn't care that he yawned. He was able to snap back into work. And all this. And, but it was picked at so much, the dog couldn't get past nada. Yeah. So, like, we have to be careful with what we deem stress and that, you know, what we make our mission to fix. Like, there are some things that you, you have to pick your battles with what behaviors we like and what behaviors we don't like. and And sometimes our ideal image can create more stress than just letting the dog be who they are.
2: Well, exactly. I mean, if that yawn releases some of their stress, (coughs) then you're going to get a nice recall and a nice front. But who really, like, why spend all that time trying to stop the dog from doing something that he's naturally
0: doing that might actually be helping him?
1: I would be mortified if Harry yawned as I left him. No offense.
0: (laughs) But it didn't look like her ideal image of perfection. She wanted it fixed. And I'm like, you need to leave this alone. But
1: I would have just gotten him higher in Drive and Wilder and been more unpredictable so he didn't know what was coming.
0: Uh, And and those were good (laughs) suggestions. They just weren't implemented.
1: (laughs) All right. Matthew, you're going to talk about repeating commands.
0: Oh, repeating commands. Like, this is one of those things. Have you forgotten this already? No, I I love this. Like, I... Feeding commands is one of those things that people are like, oh, you only got to say it once. You can only say it once in the ring. Um, you clearly have never taken a dog and and asked them to do a 250-yard outrun. <laughs> because you're going to say your commands way more than once. Um, yep. and, and sometimes it's about just staying with the command. Like, like if I asked a dog to lie down. Um, I'm not going to go lie down and then throw my hands in the air when he doesn't do it or, or roll my eyes or huff. Um, the dog doesn't lie down He'll stay in the moment. I'm going to be like, lie down. What's the matter? Lie down. You know, I'm going to be like, you know, hit him with a negative, put a little spatial pressure, ask again, see if I can get it. When they get it, give a reward marker and try again. Like I'm going to do it again. Um, I think that – and I'm going to keep working it until I can get it on the one command, but I'm not going to go – crazy that it took two commands to get something um, like I think that we have to be realistic that like this idea that your dog's a robot is just it's its not real
2: I like, would I say, at, that, at that point they get a reward when they do it on the first command sure on the second command they don't they have to try again That's, exactly I mean it wouldn't be the end of the world to me
0: but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in in people's push to get into the ring. They're like, I want to give one command, and when it doesn't happen, I'm I'm gonna get all over the dog's case. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! This is a living animal. Like, attitude is more important than anything. Well, and aren't um, we it, talking?
2: Aren't we talking about stress? How to how to yeah. increase stress in a dog? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And and this is one of the reasons I, I take the stance about stress that I take. Um, yeah, because. There's a lot of this that's created. It's created. And so, like,
1: I'd like to yeah. add to this too. Um, if you're giving a command to your dog, make sure your tone of voice matches where they are mentally. So, sometimes your dog needs a hard command, he's not going to hear a soft one. So, your voice needs to be much stronger versus lighter. If you are light, they literally didn't hear you. It's the same as me. Like if someone's just casually talking to me and I'm totally focused on something, I don't hear them. I just block them out. <laughs> you might have to yell at me in that moment to get my attention. I've never and it- that happen. <laughs> the yelling in that moment isn't aversive at all. It was just enough to snap me out of what I was focused on. So sometimes your dog needs a harder tone. Harder is the wrong word. A stronger tone stronger, yeah. versus a soft tone. And it doesn't mean it's punitive. Once again, you need to read your dog in that moment to know what they need.
0: I thought Mia's book was really good about this.
1: Mia's book is fantastic, and everyone should read it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like but this is one of those the you know the the, the voices that she talked about. Yeah, the book. praise voices. Praise voices, and and truly, command voices are a good one. Like my, I was teaching one day, and my friend Susan was asking me a question. And Susan will laugh when she she listens to this because she's going to remember this conversation. Um, and and I was standing there and she's like, you know, and then I got on the table and I danced naked and it still <laughs> took three minutes for that to register my mind because I was so focused on what I was doing. And I was like, what did you say? And she's like, it took you this long. to. I'm like, sorry. Like, I was focused. You know, I'm like, you know, when I'm focused, I, I really, I don't hear everything because I'm focused on one thing. And, and that's our, you know, without trying to anamorphosize our dogs. That's that's they're the, way the our same. Yeah, they're the same that way. Um, Absolutely. And so, like, you know, they're If I'm like, L- oh, lie down, Jewel. Yeah. Would when you you're lie running, down? Yeah. Would you? Would you please, please like? When she's running forty thousand miles a minute um, to her out top of her own run. It's not gonna be a nice whistle. It's gonna be a loud, sharp, long, loud whistle. Like that's that's where what it's gonna be because I know she's going like a freight train, which is partially my fault. Um, but it's not
1: punitive. I,
0: it's and I not. think
1: that's the piece that's missing here. It's not punitive at all. It, that's just enough to kind of penetrate the cognitive bubble that they're in in that moment to break their focus, to let them actually hear you.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that take a soft dog or a low drive dog, and they start yelling their commands in the ring. And again, here we are setting the dog up to be nervous. And yep. so why are you yelling at me? Um, why are you yelling and staring at me? Why are you standing up straight with your shoulders forward on me that you never do? Um, and then then we call that ring stress. And it's like, it's one of the reasons why people have really have got to spend time training the dog in trial picture, like showing it's not just the- how you bridge games to trial picture is really important. Uh, And so like, I see a lot of that where people are playing games but they haven't bridged it to trial picture. And so now the dog, it's great when in training, but then in in the ring, we're a complete disaster. And again, we label it ring stress and it's really not that at all. The last
1: thing I have written down is um, adversity makes dogs stronger. And I think we talked a little bit about this with Sizzle. But when baby Pippa, baby Pippa, when I got her my border collie, was Mm -hmm. not very brave. When she arrived on the airplane and I pulled her out, got the crate off and I was all excited to see my new puppy. She was peeled (laughs) in the back and had no intention of coming out. And then the next couple of days, Pippa just wanted to hide in the closet in my bedroom. So that was kind of tragic. So with Pippa, I realized I had a dog that I needed to build um, and I needed to make her stronger. And then when Pippa was about eight months old, 10 months old, I deliberately taught her lessons to make her stronger. So I put her in a situation where another dog was snarky with her, but I was able to control that other dog so she could tell him off back. It was one of the most empowering lessons she ever had. But I think it's something that so many people don't do.
0: Because
2: most people want a robot that's perfectly well behaved and would never, ever do something like that. In Pippa's case, she needed to learn to do that. She needed to learn that she could control some situations.
1: Oh, I taught her so much more before that, such as... I used to beat her up with a pool noodle and she'd just rip <laughs> it out of my hand. And when she got super good with a pool noodle, I went to a ping pong paddle because they're padded and she'd rip that out of my hands. But eventually I had to get to the point to teach her to stand on her own four feet. Yes. And the end goal with Pippa was, it was my nasty Ram a few years back. And I, Ram lost his right to live in this world. And he was, Future was in my freezer and little brown packages, but I had to first get him there. (laughs) And in that process of getting him from his pasture into his stall, where he needed to go, um, he was going to kill me and Pippa in the process. And as he was coming at me, I had that fleeting moment of, oh no, I'm stuck. What am I going to do? And this little black and white dog flew from nowhere and grabbed him by the nostrils and held on. So Pippa went from hiding in her crate to grabbing this ram that was about to kill me by the nostrils, and he flung her through the air and she held onto his nose. (laughs) And then he walked kind of nicely into his stable where he needed to go. So Pippa is now very brave. She's not, you won't see any of what was once there because she was carefully taught to make decisions, to be strong. It was okay to use her teeth at certain moments. And I taught her just, to be the best she could be. All right, on to you two with that one.
0: Can can I go back for a minute though? Like I really Of course you will. Because I have I I've watched that whole trans you know transformation with, with Pippin. And it's really one of it's really clear that you can take a puppy that is not confident.
1: You and you confident. as in me or you as in anyone.
0: Anyone like okay, anyone dog that isn't full confidence and, and give them confidence You know, I, because I work a lot of border collies. Um, they're not the most confident person. So like um, they, they require a lot of building. They can require a lot of, of pre- now, at least the working collies. Like I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with the others, but a working is, is a, is a collie that, you know, that it, they're a sheepdog. And so like they were bred to take, they can be a little sound sensitive, they, because they were bred to take a whistle at 750 yards. You know, they were, they were bred to understand pressure, um, spatial pressure, so they feel it more than other dogs. Um, those are things that, like, you have to be aware of when you're working an animal. It's like when I told you in the last podcast, I don't, I don't feed um, my puppies initially. It's because if, I, if I'm starting to give them food, I may run into a problem where I put spatial pressure and they're leaving and now I'm bringing down the cookie and then I'm feeding that leave. So like there's there's just some pieces I want to make sure they're first. And and I think that everybody should have the ability to to build confidence in a dog. I think fear is a smart trait. I don't like the response to fear, but a dog that wants to stay alive is a good thing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
2: Even your wild animals I mean, you see fear in them trying to bolt from anything that's different or new. Fear so is not different. a bad
1: thing. It's the recovery we need to teach a fast, swift
2: recovery. Agreed. Yep.
0: And and that's for another podcast. But we could talk about ENS and puppies at that point.
1: Oh, don't you might not want to with me. <laughs> don't don't
0: go nope. there. That. That, that's a, a topic for another day.
1: That's a debate. That's a debate for another day. Because we're not on the same page on this one, Matthew.
0: That's okay. I think it would make, make for a very good conversation. But for
2: another... <laughs> maybe, maybe I should do this breeding with Prada and then we could like test it out.
1: I think if you breed Prada, you should give me four puppies and you get four puppies and we get to judge
0: them. But you you can't take them away from their mom.
1: (laughs) You you can at five weeks old.
0: Yeah, but ENS has to be
1: done early. Early. Yeah, but we're not doing that. I'll shut up now.
2: So I just have to do it with four of them and not with the other four? (laughs) Yeah. Or with my luck with eight of them, not with the other eight of them?
0: (laughs) That would would definitely be my luck.
2: (laughs) Is there anything else we need to
1: talk about?
0: have we gone
1: into like why because back when if we're going back 20 years not pre-covid we didn't see the stress in dogs that we're seeing now why
2: because dogs were taught to deal with corrections they weren't they weren't they weren't treated like children they were treated like dogs if they did something that was unacceptable they were corrected for it and they learned to deal with it that's life don't be an ass you won't get corrected nobody wants to correct a dog nowadays
0: yeah and and like you know i get a lot of flack for the ear pinch but to me it's the ear pinch is no longer about teaching a retrieve i can shape a retrieve all day long i can do a motivational retrieve all day long but the ear pinch teaches a dog to think in pressure
1: yes. and it's also and, done at a vital age of a dog
0: right i mean yeah i mean there's there's a lot there's a lot more to it than just pinching ears and making dogs scream I, I'm done with this.
2: Matthew, 20 years ago, the like I think of the farmers that would stroll into town or drive into town with the dogs in the back of their truck. I'm not advocating that. I hate it. But the dogs would go to the the farmer would go into the pub for a beer. The dog would lay outside. Yeah, and they knew that that was what they were expected to do because Harry could they, do that.
0: Yeah. They yeah let's do that with Harry. <laughs> oh. let's with a Oh,
2: good lord! Let's do it with Harry and with Sizzle. <laughs> Two puller off.
0: everybody to do that with their <laughs> <And a> dog. <laughs> but the
2: dogs That's knew funny. what was expected of them because they were corrected for the wrong behavior, and so many people are afraid to do that nowadays.
0: And you know, I, I believe in positive reinforcement. I also believe in the release of pressure. And I, I, I think that there's, I think that that's, that's a lost art. You know, like I, I came from horses, um, not super big into it, but big enough into it to understand that you train a, a prey animal with pressure and release. And the same is for our dogs, like pressure. Sure. Even when I'm using food, there's still an element of pressure there, um, I don't want to take away the food until I've built them um, to where they can handle the pressure of the correction because you can't use the correction until the dog's built, understand it. So like, that's how I tend to do things. I'm not saying that there aren't one and done type corrections um, for certain things, but for the most part, like, I think that that dogs need to go through a lot of training in the presence of food where you're applying pressure. So like I really believe more in lure correct than I do in lure reward. Lure like, correct. Explain
2: that. And and apply this to pet dogs too.
0: So like well, it, it, it apply to any dog. Like if I was going to administer a correction. So like let's say I was gonna administer Are you talking pop- like
1: Celeste? What? Are you talking like Celeste? What do you mean? Uh Continue, I'll shut up.
0: I I don't know what you're talking about there. Um, So like, um, if I was going to administer a correction, I would put a cookie on it, which was an old Patty Russo kind of thing. Like, I would give the correction, I would pop and hold the food. And so when I gave a pop and the dog jumped up for the food, I'd let them have it. And so like, by doing that- What's the pop for?
2: What? Sorry, what's the pop for?
0: So like, let's say that I was going to make a pop equal escalate. Okay, so like a pop means go get me more. Okay? okay. Which I I use frequently. So like I would pop and hold the cookie above the dog's head. And when they ate it, I would release the pressure of the, the, the pop and I would say, okay, you know, have have fun. So then but I would a pop yeah, is pop.
1: instantly released, is it not? But by it, being a pop. It,
0: it would be only instantly released when they jumped. So like I would apply okay. the, the pressure. Yeah. Wait for them to jump. They jump, get the cookie, and then all of it would be released. And so, like, I I do a lot of things that way. Like, I I pinch the food before I pinch to a dumbbell. So like, there's there's a way to apply pressure to a reward rather than just reward. And so, in by doing that, training your behaviors, you're applying a little bit of stress the dog has to think through. I think that's missing in a lot of training.
1: I think everyone's just so scared of having any form of this conversation, period.
2: Agreed. You don't want to be out in public doing any kind of training and see somebody, have somebody see you put even a minor correction on your dog, and they're all over you.
1: I had a purely positive chicken trainer out at my place, and he was rather horrified watching my puppy class where we roll cookies forward on the ground, and the puppy runs out chasing the cookie, but he's slowed down at the speed that he's running, so he doesn't correct himself in any way, but then he's stopped right before he gets to the cookie with the leash held parallel to the ground, and then gravity does its bit, and as the puppy's trying to bat the cookie with his feet, he falls into a down position. You just say down and reward him for the cookie. And Chicken Trainer was horrified by this because the puppies had to go through that moment of stress. Whereas I think it's absolutely super because they have to think through a problem, then they instantly get their reward. And I think they're the stronger for both at the end of it. So in no way was a correction given, it was just a withholding of the food that they wanted. But he didn't like that.
2: And I I think think that's super. I think that's super with puppies too.
0: That's part of the problem like right now the r plus movement tends to not like extinction like they don't like shaping where the dog doesn't completely know everything that that's going on that little bit of stress in that shaping for a weaker dog is a beautiful correction um it's it's a non-physical but completely mental correction And, and in a way that's what you're doing you're you're basically holding the puppy back it forces them into a down and then you yeah. release the pressure. So the, you, you basically did a nepopo po for lack of a better term. It was negative, and then it was positive, release of pressure, and then to the cookie was another positive. So it was it was a negative with two positives on it. Like, I, yeah. I love that. Like, I, I find that brilliant. And, you know, Bart um, and Michael Bellin, they, they developed that whole nepopo po system, um, which I don't know a lot about. But I, I can tell you that I like the idea of a negative with two positives. Um, if you're going to give a negative, let's make two positives happen.
1: <clears throat> uh, I'm not even getting technical. All I can tell you is these puppies learn to think through stress just by silly little games done like that.
0: That's brilliant. But we think is brilliant. you know, Other people may not think is brilliant. And like, like I said, I don't want to come across as like we don't use positive reinforcement. Like we do use positive reinforcement. <laughs> God, I'll no. use it a lot but it's not it's not primary motivation for my dog my dog's primary motivation should be to be li- me to me yeah it should be me and so like when we talk about um you know using food I use food in a very different way than a lot of people and I'm and and you know you and I've had this conversation like I'm much better with food than I'm with toys like you're brilliant with a toy um like there are trainers that have those different skill sets, And I think that that's, what's fun to be shared is like, I'm, I'm really good with food and pressure. Like that's, those are two things that I'm good at. And so, um, you know, I don't think
1: it should be about food or be about pressure though. It needs to be about me. Like that. I'm so much fun with my dog and that I can create such a sense of humor in any dog that I can bounce them out of stress if they get there. And that just through games alone, like being stupid with them, you're experiencing them to stuff it and they're not expecting like poor little Kate when she moved here was scared of everything. And I'd wait till she walked in the room and jump out from behind the door and yell boo at her. And I did the same with Leppy, And I swear he let his anal glands go the first time. But <laughs> that stuff's super important. Like just being unpredictable and fun and stupid.
0: Well, I always tell, used to tell people with Shelties, I'm like, look, if you've got a Sheltie, you need to wrestle with your Sheltie. Yeah. Like wrestle with them, like get on the ground and, and roll around with them. You know, there's this whole, and this is for another podcast, so I'm not going to bring that up, but it's like a whole vernacular thing that, <laughs> that is happening right now. So like you want to make sure that you're using all the latest vernacular, which I can't keep up yeah, with. No, like,
1: I don't. I don't. <laughs>
0: I don't either. No,
1: I don't because my I, people that I'm working with don't know those words, and I don't need to pretend that I'm cleverer than them by using them either. So no.
0: I tend to find that people well, that use them are, are horrible dog trainers. I agree. So <laughs> I refuse
1: to use the words.
0: <laughs> there we just lost a group of people. Uh, it, but is it is it a dictionary like contest, or is it are we training dogs like? Which, this which is how
1: is? we made. But it's the vernacular is how we made dog training so really hard for people that no one thinks they can do it anymore without hiring professional and they can just Time go rough house with your dog and be normal <laughs> with him and stop answering every problem that he comes up with help him <laughs> with it such as a little puppy that can't go up the flight of stairs i'm not going to carry him up the stairs i'll carry him up and place him on the second last stair and he has to do two. I'll
0: then i'll tell him how
1: there. clever he is
0: <laughs> i'll leave him down there and eat a sandwich
1: that's because you, you mean.
0: Yeah, you want someone to mean. come up the, the stairs, if, and I will share my sandwich with you. But if you stay down there, I'm going to eat it in front of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be doing those set of stairs in no time.
1: <laughs>
2: it, well, <most> popular- <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Jill, it was, I bit back my last comment there.
2: If, if it was a glass of wine, is that what you were going to say? No. I, I,
1: I, no. I was. I'm holding back because it's too mean.
2: <laughs> you saw that over the summer, is what you're thinking. Nope. <sighs> I think okay. we should end there. I do too. Like <laughs> you did not be mean.
0: Like we've well,
1: we've we've I'm rolled like around. Broadcast my
0: meanness. Uh, we've rolled around a lot tonight, and and to, to be honest with you, like it, this is a really great conversation. I'm I'm super excited for people to listen to this. Um, we do need to remind everybody to. Either like, follow, share, please, like, follow, share. Um, make sure that you do that for us so that we can we can get the podcast going and keep our momentum going with people that are following it. Um, so a couple people have asked me how they can support the podcast. We don't have that set up yet, but we will. Um, and we will come up with some things to do for people that are supporting it. If you would like to advertise on the podcast when we get a little bit bigger, you're welcome to do that contact Monique or myself or Jill and we will we contact take, Jill. Yes. Yeah, con- <laughs> <contact laughs> right um, so yeah, contact one of us and we will we'll figure out how we can be involved.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Thanks guys. This was fun. That was fun. Yeah, that was an easy hour and a half. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>
1: See you next Tuesday.
2: <laughs> Bye, you <Chris>, crazy people. Bye. <laughs>